What's happening, everybody? On today's show, Georgia star player Jalen Carter implicated in the fatal crash last January in Athens. What does that mean for his future? And we'll hear from some former SEC stars at the NFL Combine. Who are the teams buzzing about? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start with the Jalen Carter story. In fact, we'll spend all first segment on this. Jalen Carter... On Tuesday, implicated in the fatal car crash that killed teammate Devin Willock and Georgia recruiting staffer Chandler LaCroix back in January. The Athens-Clark County Police Department issued an arrest warrant for Carter uh, Wednesday morning. Police say they have evidence that Carter was racing the other vehicle when the fatal crash happened. The arrest warrant for reckless driving and racing, both misdemeanors, according to uh, the athletic Seth Emerson, Here's what the police statement said. So the investigation found that Chandler LaCroix, who was driving the Ford Expedition, and Jalen Carter, who was driving a Jeep Trackhawk, were both operating their vehicles in a manner consistent with racing shortly after leaving the downtown Athens area at about 2.30 in the morning. The evidence demonstrated that both vehicles switched between lanes, drove in the center turn lane, drove in opposite lanes of travel, overtook other motorists, and drove at high rates of speed in an apparent attempt to outdistance each other. Carter previously told police he was over a mile away from LaCroix's car when the accident occurred. Uh, Kirby Smart since releasing a statement uh, saying the charges announced today are deeply concerning, especially as we are still struggling to cope with the devastating loss of two beloved members of our community. We will continue to fully cooperate with the authorities while supporting these tragedies and assessing what we can learn from this horrible tragedy. Now, Jalen Carter released his own statement maintaining his innocence. He said, this morning I received a phone call from the Athens, Georgia Police Department informing me of the two misdemeanor warrants. Numerous media reports also have circulated containing inaccurate information concerning those tragic events. It is my intention to return to Athens to answer the misdemeanor charges and make certain that the complete and accurate truth is presented. There is no question in my mind when all the facts are known, I will be fully exonerated of any criminal wrongdoing. Now, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. He talked about it on Wednesday and said, look, I've talked to several teams that spoke with Jalen Carter uh, prior to this when he was in Indianapolis for the Combine. He said these issues did not come up. So there's going to be a lot to dig into here. This is an extremely, extremely talented player. The -the off-the-field issue now just coming to light. Teams were not aware of his apparent involvement in the fatal crash until this morning. There have been rumors, but they were not sure that he was involved until the story from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution broke. And so now the question is, what does this mean for Jalen Carter's NFL draft stock? Um, Granted, that seems, you know, diminished in in light of all, you know, the the bigger picture here. And and really, let's spell it out. Some bad decisions were made that night uh, all around. 
Um, and look, if the other vehicle crashed because they were racing him, is there any criminal implication there? Well, the Athens Police Department says no. Could a civil case maybe come? Sure. Um, but according to the report, it says, you know, basically they crashed. He stopped uh, with whoever was in his vehicle and then fled the scene. And you got to think, you know, kid that's got a lot on the line, about to go, you know, maybe number one overall in the NFL draft. He feels like he's got a lot to protect. If all the people in the other car had been drinking, probably he had been drinking as well behind the wheel. Just going to assume there. But, you know, would be motivation to flee the scene and leave. Um, But on the other side of it, those are your teammates. Those are your brothers, the guys you fight with. And they were just involved in a horrible car accident, and you're going to leave the scene. Again, a lot of details still to connect the dots here, and he's going to have to answer to NFL teams. And, again, uh, misdemeanor charges, you know, pay a fine and move on is most likely what he's going to face here. But do NFL teams think that his talent outweighs the issues here you know do the Chicago Bears who have the number one overall pick some mock drafts have them taking him number one overall will they still take Jalen Carter number one and again uh, I don't want to make too many assumptions here Uh, we can only go by what we've read from the Atlanta Atlanta General Constitution and based on you know police report and all that but the Athens Police Department responded very quickly I mean as soon as the story from the AJC came out, the Athens, Georgia Police Department immediately issued two misdemeanor warrants for his arrest. So, clearly they're on to something here, and maybe Jalen Carter can help provide some more information of what happened that night. Again, bad decisions all around by everybody that night. People getting behind the vehicle after they've been drinking, street racing, going 100 miles per hour, according to the report. Not great, but also... You know, what culpability does Jalen Carter have here? Unless they have evidence that, you know, he swerved into the other vehicle. Which, again, doesn't sound like there is. But uh, just an awful, awful situation all around. Earlier today, we caught up with Aaron Wilson, NFL insider, to get his thoughts on what this means for Carter and his draft stock moving forward. Here was Aaron Wilson. Right. Yeah. You know, just in being sensitive to the situation, obviously they're first of all, more important things than in the football. Um, and we all know that the deal with him is, you know, do I think he's going to jail? No, I think he'll be available to be drafted wherever they want to pick him. Will it affect his stock? Yes. And if it does, if he is sliding, then that means another team perhaps, Chicago, which I think had him, you know, was considering him. He's going to be available, not just at one and two, but you know, three, four, five, and he'll be an opportunity for someone because he is a great football player. And I just don't know if it's going to mean he slides out of the top ten or if it's just like maybe later in the top ten. I still think that someone will draft him. Here's the deal. I mean, yeah, and this is an awful situation. It's a tragedy, but they're not pushing for a felony. They're pushing for misdemeanors. He's not going to be suspended. I don't expect him to, you know, even if convicted to go to jail, uh, I think he'll be available to play football. And teams will have to make a, you know, character assessment of him and what happened. And we still don't know enough to, you know, really reach 
lasting conclusions because it's just it's an allegation. Yes, he's there are arrest warrants, and you know we do expect him to be arrested and to have to uh, go through the process and be fingerprinted and all that stuff. And I'm sure he'll get the best lawyer that he can get. And Drew Rosenhaus is representing him. And obviously, you know, you saw those photos of people at the, at the podium. We knew he wasn't going to talk, and he did not. So he's not going to do interviews. He's going to finish his medical. He's already met with the teams, and he's going to leave and go back to Georgia to go through the legal process, and which is the right thing to do. That's what he has to do. And uh, until this thing is resolved, obviously there's going to be a lot of stories, going to be a lot of, you know, why did he handle this situation allegedly the way he did in terms of uh, not being forthcoming with the police? Why did he change his story? And I think you're probably going to hear of it at some point from him or through his lawyer that he panicked, that he, you know, freaked out and didn't do the right thing. And teams will have to decide what does that mean about him? What kind of character and judgment does he have? But I don't think this is any kind of career ender. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm being practical here. I'm not want to, you know, just, you know, hell, we'll all we care about football. And because, you know, there's more important things, you know, these, there were two lives, young lives tragically lost. But it's, it's a sad situation. And, uh, you know, but there are consequences for your actions. That again, Aaron Wilson, NFL insider, giving his thoughts on the Jalen Carter situation. Uh, thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we're going to touch on some of the other guys who were at the Combine, SEC stars like Will Anderson and what they had to say in talking with the media. But first, this episode is presented by our friends over at FanDuel. We just hit the midway point of the NBA season. And uh, look, no better time to download the FanDuel uh, app, America's number one sports book. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 bet. That is bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, and uh, like we said, easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three-pointers drained. Go check them out right now. Don't miss your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Right along here, locked on SEC, and let's dive back into it as we're talking a little bit about the uh, SEC stars speaking to the media this week at the NFL Combine up in Indianapolis. And let's first let's start with Nolan Smith, big time uh, linebacker out of Georgia, a chance has a chance to be a first round pick. Some mocks have him somewhere middle to back end of the first round, but played his whole career with the Georgia Bulldogs, and on Wednesday. He was asked about that very thing, playing his entire career there, sticking with a team through adversity. And uh, Nolan Smith said, kids need to hear this. Stick it out. Just because things get tough, don't run away from things. Like in life, when things get tough, you're just going to quit on your wife, quit on your kids. You're going to transfer on your wife and kids when things get tough. What if you're married to your wife for 10 years and she gets cancer? You're just going to up and leave? That's how I feel about it, man. You could be a man of character no matter what you do. That's how my mom raised me. It's just an interesting quote in light of the transfer portal and constant movement. And look, some guys need to move for better 
opportunities, better situations. And one of his teammates did just that. Tresman Marshall, Georgia linebacker who just transferred to Alabama this offseason. Nolan Smith asked about that. And he said, look, I know certain times guys have been in the program for a long time. Trez has been here for four years. He's got his degree. He only has one more year left to play. So I feel like he did it the right way. So Nolan Smith, supportive of guys, I guess if you're a grad transfer, it's okay to go somewhere else. But uh, all these guys jump and ship after one or two years at a school. Nolan Smith, not a big fan of it. One guy who is uh, expected to go in the top couple of picks, Will Anderson Jr., friend of the show. Of course, we've had him on a couple of times. He was at the podium on Wednesday and uh, was ta- talked about the Alabama standard under Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. And Anderson said, look, I was committed to the standard, to the culture that Saban had built. I wanted to uphold that standard so much that once I committed uh, to something, I'm all in. It would be selfish for me. I know what's right from wrong, not correcting somebody else about it. I think that's what he respected me about. I wasn't scared to step on people's toes, and I wasn't scared to get into people's butts if they needed it. Uh, For every uh, great moment that happens in a player's career, there's always that turning point. And, well, Anderson talked about it being during his freshman year. He said, the Florida game, my freshman year, the 2020 SEC title game, things just clicked for me. He said, after that game, Everything slowed down a little bit. I could catch up. I could read keys. It started coming natural, and that's when I just took off. And, of course, Anderson had such a uh, fantastic season two years ago. Uh, Numbers came down a little bit in 2022, but keep in mind, he was getting double-teamed a lot. We asked him about that at the Lombardi Awards when he won the Lombardi Award. He told us that week that he got frustrated during this past season. Teams were game-planning for him more, counting for him, putting extra guys on him, and he wasn't able to get as loose as he liked. Uh, one more note on Will Anderson. He was asked who was the best player he faced during his time in Alabama. He mentioned Texas running back B. John Robinson. He said he was just a big back. We had, we had to get all the hats to the ball. He was going to break a few tackles. We had to tackle him the right way, but he was probably the toughest person I ever faced in college football. Uh Bijan had just 57 yards and a touchdown on 27 carries in that Bama game this year. It was his second lowest yardage and yards per carry output of the entire season. Uh, he did have 73 or more yards uh, receiving against the Tide, but uh, Will Anderson saying Bijan Robinson. How about that? Uh, another guy who's been climbing draft boards as of late, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, Mark Stoops, doing an interview with Heather Denich of ESPN this week talking about Will Levis and how he's going to translate to the next level. Stoops said Levis is, quote, capable of being a franchise quarterback and said, let this pre-draft competition take place. I'm glad he's throwing because he has nothing to hide. Levis expected to go in the top ten of this draft now, according to the latest mock draft. Some have him top five. And it's C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Then it's the three SEC boys. It's Anthony Richardson from Florida. It's Bryce Young from Alabama. And Will Levis from Kentucky, of course, uh, Levis transferred out of Penn State when he could not beat out Sean Clifford. Went to Kentucky, was very good two seasons ago with Liam Cohen as his offense coordinator. This past year, a lot of things went against Levis. He had a new offense coordinator, Rich Scangarello. Didn't seem to mix as well as Liam Cohen. The offensive line was worse this year. Constant pressure. Well, Levis faced. He didn't have Chris Rodriguez the first couple of games of the season. Their leading rusher. Uh, had some new freshman wide receivers he had to learn to gel with. And he got hurt at one point. And when he came back from the injury, 
his running ability, which was such a big part of his game the year prior, the Kentucky didn't want him to get hit as much. So they didn't call as many designed runs. And so thus his production kind of slipped this year. So, again, take all that into account with Levis. But obviously, hearing from his head coach, Mark Stoops, saying that uh, he is capable of being a franchise quarterback at the next level. And one other guy who talked with the media, Gervon Dexter from the Florida Gators. He was uh, receiving some first-round buzz a couple of weeks back, but uh, some of the mock drafts now do not have him in the first round. Dexter said he's trying to prove he should be an early-round pick in the draft this year. Uh, He was also asked how difficult was the decision to leave Florida with Billy Napier coming in and rebuilding the program. He said, look, it was a tough decision, and it came down to the last minute for me and ultimately decided to go pro. He had 55 tackles, four for a loss, two sacks, an interception, and a pass breakup last year. So we'll see what he is able to do this week at the Combine. Can he impress some of those scouts and improve his draft stock? Best of luck to Mr. Dexter. Thank you guys again for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll hit on some of the other tidbits going around with current SEC schools and Charlie Strong. Back in the SEC, we'll talk about that in just a sec. Going along here, locked on SEC, and as we continue going on around the conference, uh, Charlie Strong is back in the SEC, and he is headed to Tuscaloosa, the former uh, Texas coach who last season was co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach in Miami. He will join Alabama staff as a defensive analyst, according to Ross Dellinger of Sports Illustrated Strong. And Alabama defense coordinator Kevin Steele, they were on that Miami staff together last year. Prior to that, Strong coached with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nearly four decades of coaching experience in college football, of course, Louisville, Texas, and South Florida. But the best part of his career was when he was at the Florida Gators. He was a defensive coordinator, uh, for them, won the national championships in 06 and 08. Coached 15 players selected in the first round of the NFL draft. 38 drafted in the first uh, four rounds. Coached in seven bowl games. Been a finalist for the Broyles Award. So, a nice addition there for Nick Saban to add Charlie Strong to his staff of analysts. So, best of luck to Charlie Strong there in Tuscaloosa. Meanwhile, over at LSU... Uh, John Jancic, officially promoted to LSU's special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach. Uh, The move was reported on Tuesday, but LSU officially sent out a press release. And Brian Kelly uh, saying that he's excited about it. Jancic released a statement, said, I'm super excited about the opportunity to be back with Coach Kelly. Love his vision, the way he leads the program. LSU's a great place. Couldn't be happier for a chance to remain here and be a part of what we are building. Jancic joined Kelly's staff at LSU as a defensive analyst this past season. But now he'll trans, uh, transfer over into an on-the-field role. Uh, his coaching career, he's coached for many, many years. Been a defensive coordinator at Georgia and Tennessee. Also had stints at Kentucky and Cincinnati. Ryan Kelly said John's a veteran SEC coordinator. Possesses a great deal of knowledge as it relates to the scheme we teach. He's earned this opportunity. We're excited about this new challenge. He will replace Brian Polian, who was a disaster at special teams uh, coordinator a year ago. Uh, he'll move into an off-the-field role with LSU. Over at South Carolina, tight end Jesse Sanders announced he'll be stepping away from the game of football amid a pair of ACL tears in his career. He was a redshirt sophomore in the Gamecocks program. 
uh, but uh, spent three years there and just had some terrible injuries uh, towards ACL his first week in the fall camp his freshman year, appeared in just one game his second season, and so he is uh, stepping away. He affirmed he, uh, he plans on having an active role in the Gamecocks program moving forward, so uh, something off the field. We'll see what he opts to do. And how about uh, former Auburn running back going to go join Gus Melzahn's staff over at UCF. According to 24-7 Sports, Cam Martin is going to join Gus Melzahn's staff with the UCF Golden Knights as their new running backs coach. Uh, Martin was hired as the running back coach at Texas State in December after spending last season at Incarnate Word. He helped Incarnate Word put up the nation's highest-scoring offense. His running backs also helped set the school's single-season rushing record. So a uh, reunion there as Gus Malzahn and UCF head to the Big 12 starting this summer. So Cam Martin, good productive running back in his time at Auburn. He is uh, going to join Gus Malzahn's staff over there in the Big 12 at UCF. That just feels weird to say, but got to get used to that. Hey, it'll be weird getting used to saying Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC, but that is a little over a year away from becoming a stark reality. Thank you guys again for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out our new, brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball, everything you need to know about college hoops all in one place. Hear from some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, tournament time coming up here very soon. And uh, you want to make sure that you are getting all the information you need. How many SEC teams punch their ticket? We'll be talking about it right here on Locked On SEC. Uh, before we get out of here, just do want to pass along an interesting uh, the, the women's tournament going on this week. And saw the viral video of Florida and Kentucky getting into it. Eight players uh, on the women's team getting ejected after that scuffle on the court. So uh, uh, if you get a chance, check out the, uh, the video on social media. But... Uh, Just wanted to get that in before we get out of here. This has been Locked on SEC. We will talk to you guys tomorrow talking all things SEC football.